0: Hello and welcome to Kylie Minogue, The Diminutive Collection, where two fellas from the opposite sides of the world step back in time to throw themselves in the poptastic sounds of the Kylie albums we just can't get out of our heads. Every week, I'm Kieran from Down Under. And I'm Christy G. And we will give the Pop Boomerang's classic long players, another spin and relive some of their finer moments. In our mission to create the most definitive Kylie collection yet, we will choose two of the best songs from each of her studio albums that make us feel all Kylie Smiley. And we'll be the icky clunkers that are definite Kylie Minonas. Now enough of this chit-chat, let's get to it, because we've got to step back in time, Christian, to 1988 when Kylie released THE debut album. Are, yes. you, are you excited? Um, I'm very excited, Kieran. That, that, <laughs> that first album fills me with glee, just thinking about it. Just, you know, looking at that white cover with that hair spilling over. It was it, it just was a <sighs> sensation. It was a sight to see, that's for sure. <laughs> a waterfall of curls. I could have asked for more. Before we jump into it, Christian, how did you discover Kylie?
1: I discovered Kylie way back, way back in 1986 when I was... Barely out, of, uh, barely out of nappies No, I was, I was uh, 13, 14 and Barely out of nappies, yes <laughs> I was still in nappies, but <laughs> that's, a, that's another story uh, So I was about 13 or 14 and neighbours had just arrived on BBC One and it was on in the mornings at 10 and repeated at lunchtime um, Eventually the programme became so popular in the UK that, that uh, B- the BBC cleverly moved the second showing to 5 o'clock so that uh, children who were bunking off school could actually watch the programme so, a few months into the into the program, uh, Charlene Mitchell arrived on the show, and she was uh, seen breaking into uh, Madge Bishop's house, and uh, Scott pulled her out the window, then she gave him a punch in the face, and that was the moment we all saw Kylie for the first time in the UK. And, uh, uh, to be honest, she wasn't really my my favorite person to start with. I was so used to all the other characters, she was a bit brash for me, and a little bit, a bit wild, and maybe a little bit too much of a tomboy. But um, over time, I suddenly fell in love with
0: the, with Miss Monogue because yeah, I was just read. I was read somewhere that um, you know it was getting the five million mark for for viewership, and then went to sixteen million. So it's is nuts, isn't it? Well, during the day, yeah, it was it's something of a very strange cultural phenomenon in the UK. It was the first of the Australian
1: soaps that well, not the first that we had the Sullivan's for a while. Just and Sons we, and daughters, and we had sons and daughters as well. That was at three thirty. Cool. Yeah, but Neighbours was part of the BBC's new daytime lineup, and that was and so it was, it was this kind of. That was one of its key programs during the day. And so because it was so easy to watch and they're great cliffhangers, and they're great characters, um, the show had this great following. So we got around 5 million viewers. And then when it moved to the five o'clock slot, it was getting 16 million viewers, which which nuts. is quite phenomenal. Yeah, that's nuts.
0: Yeah, no, because as an Australian, like through and through, uh, I think I just discovered her as, as Danny's sister <laughs> uh, there was a show in Australia called Young Talent Time, uh, hosted by Johnny Young. It was it was on for years, ever since before I remember it, but um, it was a culture phenomenon back then. Uh, and it was with these young kids singing pop songs of the day and, you know, getting into scenarios and acting out little bits of it always ended in song. It was phenomenal, like everyone rushing home on a Saturday and, ch- and watching you on channel 10. Um, so yeah, she was always Danny's sister because Denny was a phenomenal star. one of the like, biggest stars in Australia at the time. She was like eight or nine, okay. with, like, like Tina Rini used to be on it. And a few like John Bowles. So, um, yeah, she, uh, that's how I first was introduced to her. And then, um, and obviously Neighbours, and that became the culture phenomenon as well. So, as you mentioned, even in Australia, the wedding with Scott and Charlene was the most watched thing in Australia, supposed to in the UK as well.
1: Well, over here we got 18 million viewers, so we all tuned in to watch them get married and listen to the, the lovely streams of Angry Anderson. And Suddenly, that was quite joyous, and that song went into the top ten in the UK. So... Uh, we we could get enough of Australian uh, madness.
0: But just to think like, if you think back to the weddings of those days, there's probably only three weddings in, in that time that really infiltrated pop culture. There was kind of like Charles and Diana, Fergie and Andrew and Scott and Charlie. And also, I'd, I'd throw in the Dynasty Massacre. But that's
1: <laughs> a slightly different kind of wedding that, that I enjoyed more than I should have. But yes, they, yeah, they were part, uh, Kylie and of Jason were kind of TV royalty so they kind of followed in the tradition of royal wedding. So, um yeah, but we all kind of sat down and watched her. We all remember what we were doing, and we remember her walking down the aisle to, to, uh, to Suddenly and then pulling up her veil and her hair all curly. And, uh, she looked very thin, I remember at that wedding. She looked thinner than I remember her. I, I didn't think she was the prettiest of brides, dare yeah, I say it. She had the baby breath in her
0: hair. I'm like, she looks fans. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Scott looked lovely, and we were all kind of. It was, it was a beautiful wedding. With those mullets, yes. It was beautiful. Um, it just maybe we should go back and just talk about Kylie growing up. Well, she was no because this is we were actually listening to this on her birthday. Oh, ah, of course, yes. yes, happy birthday, happy Kylie, birthday, birthday, Kylie, her fifty-second birthday, which is fantastic. So, um, well, as we know, she was born on the twenty-eighth of May uh, in nineteen sixty-eight at Bethlehem Hospital in Melbourne, Australia. Um, in her early years, her parents moved around a lot within Melbourne, and then they um, ended up uh, sort of in the eastern suburbs, more kind of upmarket eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, I was, I've got this magazine, it's from 1987 and I think it's the very first one she ever put to market and basically I just want to read something from it because it did make me howl. Um, she said, I'm pretty shy at school and I still am. I was one who was sitting at the end of the front row because I'm usually the smallest. I was into swapping cards and I still have most of them, some being really old and antique, which still be worth a fortune one day, which I thought was really fun. I think she still has them. Oh, who knows? Probably. She looks like a collector. Maybe Carol's got them somewhere in her sewing box. <laughs> And she was really proud of being good at elastics, because it was much harder to do when you were small, and she wasn't much into sports, she was more into craft and sewing. Did you ever do elastics? Is that the way you jump on, uh, you've got the elastics around people's bodies, you yes, jump and jump, jump, jump through.
1: through. Yes, yes
0: I used to love that. <laughs> it up to your neck, didn't it? Yes. Yeah yes yeah. um so well um she was basically 11 when a friends uh, her mother's friend suggested her for a, a role um and then she ended up getting that she got the role of carla the dutch girl in sullivan's um in Skyways. sorry and then soon uh, sullivan's and then soon followed was skyways uh where she played robin who was jason donovan's met yes, for the first time and yes so then obviously then obviously she, she went to school and then neighbors happened and then the charity gig, the charity gig that started it all. It changed the life, and it changed all of our lives. But but you were over there, so tell us what that was like. <laughs> I wasn't at the charity gig. No. Um, but it was basically at the Fitzroy Football Club at the Dallas Brooks Hall in Melbourne. Uh, the, there was a cast of about eight of the, the, the show there, and they were doing a rendition of Sonny and Cher's I've Got You, Babe. And it went down so well that um, Kylie just stepped forward and did a semi-rehearsed version of the locomotion and someone saw that and recommended hey let's do the demo and she did it and that's how it all started and so that song did very well in australia didn't it because it kind of went crazy yeah we're going to get to that though because Ah. um the locomotion not logo hyphen motion (laughs) Uh, the Locomotion is, is is definitely one of my favourites, but we'll get to that when we go through the track listings of the album. Good, because
1: we're going to disagree on that wholeheartedly, <laughs> I'm going to show you. It's not one of my favourites. <laughs> oh, get me started on that one.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's th- talk about the album itself. So, Christian, tell me, why are there, are there hats on the Stock Aiken and Waterman albums? Please, I need to know. I don't know, that could be a
1: whole uh, that could be a whole podcast in itself, the hats of Stock Aiken and Waterman. Kylie had two hats on two of her covers. Sonia had one on hers. Mandy Smith had one on her very rare album. Um, oh, God, a, oh, I think oh, Donna Summer had a, had a hat on her, on her album too. My well, God, <laughs> hat's a go-go. They must have been very popular back in the 80s. But, um, but yes, that seemed to be the theme. And so uh, yeah, Kylie was, well, I
0: think she's probably the iconic hat wearer on the cover of a, of a PWL album. I know. I mean, I'm just looking at the album now. Obviously, it's got her with her hair spilling over, a couple of two curls seamlessly falling (laughs) to the side of her face. But I'd like to read the credits of the album. To my wonderful family, my dearest pups. I think she's talking about her dogs, not her breasts, right? No, I would have thought so. (laughs) Uh, My manager, Terry, and my great friends. My sincere thanks to you all for your continued care and support, Kylie. So this would have been 19-year-old Kylie. Um, at the time, so I think. Shall we get into? Yes, let's. I guess we should. Yes, let's. Yes, point. yes. So track number one. Oh, going okay, straight into it. Well, the album.
1: That's, so the album came about because because of the song in Australia. Mm-hmm. So when she had a hit in Australia uh, with uh, the original version of uh, "Locomotion," which was produced by was
0: it Mike Duffy. Mike Duffy. Yes. So that was released in Australia. It was number one for how many weeks? It, it was. was uh, oh God! It was released on the twenty seventh of July, nineteen eighty seven. Um, it was within weeks of the final episode of the Scott and Charlene wedding, yeah. actually. Um, so I think it was like number one. It sold two hundred thousand copies, but it was like number one for the, r- for the good part of the year. Because- Are there that many people in Australia? Did koalas buy? It? <laughs> no, seriously, it, it was a phenomenon. Like right. literally, I remember the video so f- vividly, and it was uh, it was yeah on Saturday morning television, kids TV. It was brilliant, and actually one of the dancers in the video, the one with the black hair. She was doing. I can't remember the name of the TV show now, but she was actually the presenter who ended up covering the making of the video clip and um, and doing it. So she was in there. And there's some variances if you watch the original version and the UK version. There's some differences in the video. Um, ah, I need to look at that closely because I.
1: It's one of those videos. Have, uh, in all honesty, it's one of the songs and one of the videos I don't tend to revisit because it's one of the most her- horrific. Kylie Minogue me. That is a Kylie Minogue, but we'll get to that in a minute. Do you think? I I've never been a fan of the song in general. There are versions she's done that I like. Uh, The version she did on the recent tour I really liked. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of 70s. Uh, it was mixed in with the Donna Summer. Yes. It was a great 70s version. And I quite like that, but I've never been a fan of the song and I've, I've always found it a little
0: bit irritating. So every time I hear it come on, I tend to close my ears and disappear. Well, the song was written by Carole King and, and her husband at the time, but it was actually um, written and sung by Little Eva, who was the babysitter to Carole King's baby, apparently. Well, there you go. Yes. I still don't like the song. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, so that was released in Australia, and then uh, um, I think
1: there was talk of Kylie coming over to the UK, where she was obviously one of the biggest stars. And Stocking and Waterman had been asked uh, had been asked to to work with them, and I think they'd heard the version of of the locomotion,
0: but didn't think it was good yeah. enough to, to Pete, make it over here. So, yeah, Pete wasn't very overly impressed with it. He said it wasn't great; it was passable. So they re-recorded it or remixed it as mm-hmm. well. Yes, he's been very
1: kind because the song, if you listen to it now, it sounds very dated. And it sounds very tinny, and and in my mind, it just doesn't. It sounds like well, it sounds like something you've done on a Bon Tempe organ. It's not particularly professional, if you if you ask me. But but that's by the by. I'm sure there's lots of people who love that version. See, I like her vocals
0: a lot better on the Australian version than the UK one. Uh, was she, she triple tracked? No, she wasn't triple track. She didn't sing not... on that Calrec sound <laughs> microphone, Robert. <his> <laughs> But, like, that shows, like, I was, when I was listening to the album today in preparation for this, you can actually hear her being tri- triple-tracked and, and singing along with herself on certain parts, which is a skill. It's actually a skill, because being a singer and and, match, and, and creating it, because this is 1988, remember, there wasn't, like, auto-tune and stuff like that back in those days. So she had to have a proper skill to ensure that those tracks were layered. You know, kudos to her for that, because it's actually quite quite good. Um, so then, And then, like, the locomotion for me was was, you know, I had... The posters. I had the seven-inch, twelve-inch, single, everything. I'm like a <laughs> We're <laughs> no, obviously a very big fan of us. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, she flew over to the to
1: the UK, and uh, Stocking and Waterman were due to write a song for her. And I'm sure all Kylie fans know the well-told, often-told story from Pete Waterman about how she sat in the waiting room. Blah 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 blah. We all know the story, so you probably don't need to go into it. Although, if you don't know the story, in brief. She sat in the waiting room. They forgot she was coming. They had to quickly knock up a song in, in ten minutes, and then she 40 recorded forty minutes. Forty minutes. 40 minutes I I'm corrected. Uh, forty minutes, and then she she disappeared while they mixed the song. And of course, that song was "I Should Be So Lucky," which was going to be her first UK number one. Oh, uh, number one. Her first UK. Well, it wasn't number one, but it was her first UK single. And Kieran, how did you feel
0: about that when you heard it for the first time? Because it's a very a, a lot more polished than the uh, previous work. I'd never heard, as a eight-year-old, when it first came out, I actually never heard anything like it before. Um, it was the, uh, 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 you know, three young set of ears I'd never heard. It, w- it was something that was different. I remember the video. Uh, You know, hand on my heart, like all those ones. I I remember. I should be so lucky. Was the one that stuck with me because she was in the bathtub. Mm. And as a little young child, I kept on pausing the video, trying to see if there's any like nipple showing or anything like that. And the flopping down the bed. So he had all these iconic moments in that one video for a young impressionable kid. Was phenomenal, and it was Mm. still one of my favourite ones of hers. Except for the crap cheap you know clip art kind of with a hat with the oh yeah the things. I, did. I didn't understand
1: how those videos were kind of even planned how do you flat how do you storyboard a, a video like that so you just put some cheap uh <laughs> props, cheap <laughs> kind of <laughs> images in there it was a very very bizarre kind of video but i'd love to start that meeting that I came up with the ideas for her. but
0: before you told i should be lucky had you heard any more of socket and in australia no, a whole whole... New sound to you? no it wasn't actually well I, I had Samantha Fox's second album, Sam, Samantha yeah. Fox, which I was probably the third album I ever bought, um, What first being Bangles, second was a, a mixtape, then Samantha Fox and then Kylie Minogue. So I heard, you know, nothing's going to stop us now. So, but, I, you know, as an eight-year-old, not really realising that that was Stock Aitken and Waterman. So, no, I think this was my first proper deep dive, you know, into the Stock Aitken and Waterman world, and I have to look back, and I'm glad for it. Now, the strange thing about this,
1: and I that, I used to be sucky for the first time, and I wasn't immediately blown away by it. And I thought, oh it's a pop song. I wasn't really that fussed about it. Um, it was catchy, and I liked it, but it didn't excite me. And so I didn't actually buy that originally, which is kind of quite quite odd now to look back and think about it. So I wasn't really a massive fan of the song. And it kind of uh, I think over time it slowly kind of... Uh, crept into my mind and became one of those songs I did enjoy but um, it was only until I got to be certain the follow up that I realised that that for me that was the, 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 the best Kylie song so far because I just thought it had a much better tune and I'd like the video
0: more and I think I, I, I liked Kylie more in the video I preferred it did you ever see the "I Should Be So Lucky" video of her in the back of the car driving around Sydney? Oh yes, I showed that on top of the pop. <laughs> Your I think, you see, that's what. I'm, these are the things I remember. I saw her on the on top of the pops in the back of
1: the car, and the wind blowing her curls. And I thought to myself, "There's something about this song I'm not quite getting." And it, it maybe it was a video. It actually makes me feel quite sad to think about it now because I do now, as a certainly as a slightly older gentleman, I look back with that song with a lot of kind of. Um, with, with, with lots of warmth, and I really do enjoy it. So, uh, mm. but at the time, it was the song that didn't it didn't pull me in. It was only when I heard the next song that I just thought, Wow, I think I, I sat up and took notice. Oh my god, Kylie's a great pop singer! Wow, okay. So, should we go into the album before? Yeah, yeah, sure. Although, we should also mention, I guess, that when Pete did release I Should Be So Lucky, nobody wanted to release it, mm-hmm. and so he this is where he formed. PW Records, which was his record label because none of the major labels uh, thought the song was good enough to uh, to sign up and so they, they all turned it down and Pete Waterman in fairness to him, he really believed in the song he believed in the singer and he uh set up his own company, and um, And boy, did he bank it. And they must
0: have been so sorry, those big buffoons. (laughs) Because in years to come, they came screaming for him to record their songs. Just a bit of stats. Um, I should be so lucky, sold 675,000 copies, making it the best-selling single in 1998, 1988, sorry, in both the UK and Australia, Uh, making it the first artist to hold consecutive number ones in both countries. Wow. See? something. Amazing! Think of all that money he made and all that money that Ron counted.
1: <laughs> and all those purses that Carol was sewing together to put all that loose change in. I loved it while Brendan was there filming on his camera. And Danny and was seething with jealousy.
0: <laughs> yeah, peering behind the door. Kyle, i you. Okay, yeah, so the album happened. So obviously, with this, no one really probably realised the success. They knew Locomotion, like, uh, I Should Be So Lucky, you know, could have been another second hit wonder kind of thing but then as soon as that exploded they need to record the album so yeah so just so actually
1: still lucky was number one for five weeks got to be certain only got to number two but it stayed at number two for quite a long time so kind of it really made it quite clear that the UK had fallen in love with with Kylie so there was obviously something about her that made her very Mm. successful and then they released Loco Motion
0: a bit later on Loco hyphen of motion with the cross on the album cover um so that, yeah, that was the single after, got to be certain. But going back to um, just after the success of Ice Be So Lucky, um, Pete Waterman had to fly to Melbourne to basically beg and plead Kylie to come back and record a follow-up because Why <laughs> was she was treated. Because yeah. yeah. I totally forgot about her in the waiting room. She basically sat and drank coffee while they wrote this song. Uh, she had a flight at 4.10. She left the studio at... To two o'clock in the afternoon after, you know, laying it down for 40 minutes. Um, so he basically, be- um, you know, begged and pleaded for her to record this, i am um, got to be certain. Um, and, yeah, she did that in Australia in between takes and, re- and rehearsal for Neighbours. heavens. See, it doesn't take long to create genius. Um, yeah, so uh, it was basically, by the, I think by the time Got to Be Certain was released, Kylie had already finished her scenes, a Charlene from Neighbours.
1: Ah. You see, I get very confused because we were so far behind on Neighbours that I wasn't quite sure when she left because she obviously went to Brisbane in that, old, that green minute. She's probably she?
0: still there. She's probably still in Brisbane with Scott,
1: right? <laughs> Bless her. I don't know, because they tend to always kill people off and they wouldn't kill off Kylie. No, not no. kill off Charlene. No. But
0: yeah, so no, she'd left by that point because she then decided that music was going to be her future. And um, according to the stuff that I've read in some publications, um, the track made history in Australia as a second sing as the, as as the second single to enter the top forty in the top spot. Wow, that's an achievement. Yeah, I think it's quite good. Yeah, that's, and, and
1: yes, that's a very very exciting thing for Kylie to have under can, her little uh, uh,
0: hatless hair hair hat hair hats. <laughs> can those, give my mouth around hair hats <laughs> under those under those amazing perms. Um, so yeah, and then obviously after the success of um, so, so it was like. Just so we're clear It was Australian Locomotion I used to Be So Lucky Got To Be Certain Then the album And then Locomotion Or Locomotion And then the album Because they um, both released In July 1988 I think they probably came out in I think maybe Locomotion came out Before the album
1: Because they, the way it used to work you released three, three singles And then an album Would follow a week after And um and the locomotion that did emerge was a completely different remix version, which I actually preferred to the god-awful Australian version. Oh, I mean, it had that really nice, high-energy... so racist. Uh, well, no, just uh, I've got taste. <laughs> and uh, no, yeah, that lovely high-energy uh, bass line just got me going, even though I still didn't like the song, but it was a lot better than that original version. But
0: don't you feel the original version has more balm? It's more kind of like... It's, it's, it's bassier. It's like... No, it's, I think this saw this is very kind of tinny and still it's very up there while I'm, I'm just kind of like you guys can't see but I'm basically raising my hands and doing a low kind of thing
1: but I think uh, I don't know I think my ears at that point had become tuned into cheap disco beats prior to Kylie I used to love Lux Fizz, so I always like pop music and this and I kind of dipped out of music for many years it was only when I heard uh, the, the Kylie songs with Stockhead and Waterman that I realized that uh, that they were such a great product, production team And so I kind of fell in love with that sound And so then I got kind of addicted to hearing these kind of really Really bouncy Kind of not real instruments High energy away. I, I love the sound of that kind of high energy bass line It was just amazing
0: So what, let's talk about the album now So right. the album was um, released It went to did massive huge numbers It was released on the 4th of July 1988 oh, wow. uh, We're number one in the UK uh, number two in Australia, the highest position recorded for a female debut at that time. Wow. Um, it ended up selling seven million copies worldwide. Well, that's probably a lot for those days, I guess, when you compare it to people like... Uh... Those Lady Gagas, is probably a small fry, but back in those days that was an amazing. It was massively huge. I mean, the album became the best selling album in 1988 mm. and the fifth best selling of the whole entire 1980s. Written, oh, God, that's crazy. Um, they notched up 1.8 million in the first six months of sales and obviously resulting in and the 7 million worldwide. But then obviously they've reissued it recently with the Cherry Records and, uh, you know, with, with the addition to streaming, obviously those numbers are just going to keep growing. Mm. growing so. And so do you remember when you bought that record? Oh, my God, yes, I do. Um, oh, I remember listening to it as well. It was, it, it was one of those things where I always wanted it for my birthday. I knew it was coming out because obviously she released these singles and everything. So I was like, I'm I want this album. Um, and I did get it. Uh, and I remember getting home, putting my twin cassette tape deck on my chest and just listening to it over and over and over again. It was, yeah, it was incredible. It was also, again, I've not not heard that kind of music before, other than singles that, 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 that was released. But it was just some different sound. It was, the songs were uplifting. It was, yeah, amazing. That's incredible.
1: I remember I bought mine from Woolworths. It was a cassette album because I don't think CDs were around at that point. So yeah, see, yeah I think they were. were they? Well, I did not I don't think I had. That. I was a little bit behind in terms you of. technology
0: infrastructure? No, I, I didn't have that.
1: I just had the cassette for that for, for, for the time being. I remember dashing home and running up to my bedroom and kind of put, st- sticking into my uh, my little kind of go uh, um, oh, between those big box things, not cassette blasters. Uh, no, that sounds a little bit too. Uh, street for me but it was uh, one of those lovely things that has lovely bass bass speakers anyway yeah. I Barbie Cassette player <laughs> yes that is, it was is bright pink anyway so I listened to the album and I, I put it on and I obviously heard the first couple of singles I already knew and then I heard like Motion and, um, and then I heard all the other songs and I, I, I was mesmerised every song that I heard well, about one or two, but I'll come to those later. Um, I absolutely loved, and I, I just couldn't get enough of it. So for the next week, two weeks, three weeks, I literally played it on repeat because I just loved the song so much. And then I'd go rushing to school, and I went to a boys' school, so, uh, and I was a homosexual, although I didn't know it at the time. That came later. Uh, I dashed into school to try and find anyone I knew who would like the album, and none of them really did, except one boy who I didn't realise was a special chap, but he turned out to be a special chap many years down the line. Well, we both, yes, we, we both kind of bonded. On a couple of songs on the album, and then I, yeah. So I had something to talk to about about, and it was all we would do is say, oh, can, "Did you listen to that that part of the song? I love that part of the song. I love this bit. I love this." I, oh, wow. we were so giddy. Oh wow! It we was so giddy. <laughs> Are you still in touch with this gentleman? Uh, he's on Facebook. Yeah, well, I haven't seen him in years, but um, yeah, we used to go to the music room out of lunchtime, and uh, Did we you explore each other section. Oh no, no, we never, we never touched each other. Uh, but he was a lovely chap. Uh, I think he was Italian, if I remember. Uh, but we used to play, we play our cassette album in, in, in the little side music room, and we also had a keyboard, and he could play the piano. So he would kind of um, play some of the songs that were. On the album, uh, like Turn It To Love, and because it was a, you know, the, the bass lines were basically octave, boom, 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 it's so very easy to play. Uh-huh. So we used to do that at lunchtime, and then, you know, while all the other pupils were playing football and being masculine, we were being total gays uh, <laughs> uh,
0: at, at break time. So there you go. <laughs> okay, so the album released. Oh, yes. Can we talk about the single that followed? Because it's really Which not one my was favorite. favorite. Je ne sais pas pourquoi. So hang on, this
1: actually, this was the third single, wasn't it? I made, a, I made a mistake because I thought, look, Emotion was the one that came third. It did, I think. Am I confusing the issue? Yes, it is. I am completely wrong. <laughs> We're drinking wine at the same time as of doing course, this. Of oh, The wine's gone straight to my head I completely forgot that because <laughs> Je ne sais pas pourquoi came out a few months later with uh, the delicious maiden Neville on the back, but we'll come back to that one as well. Yes. So, yeah, you're right. When I on the album when i heard the album the first time and it came on i thought oh that's a bit different it sounded different to the other three songs so i kind of thought well you know what i quite like that song but then i realized it didn't have the high energy oomph that i was looking for so i was um yeah it was the one i would kind
0: of return to least i mean if you put je ne sais pas pourquoi and then listen to i'll still be loving you straight after they're pretty much the same song but i'll still be loving you is a much stronger song Yes, that's very, to, to me that's like a Whitney Houston song Yeah, but right. I'm like I, I think the best thing about Je ne sais pas is the video Well, there's a lovely story in
1: there It's quite a heartbreaking story Because poor old, poor old Kylie's been stood up Yes,
0: and she meets that French woman in the rain. And so they Another that, time, another place. Yes, they say that French people are very friendly, but she was giving that woman some sage advice. Scotland did look amazing in that video, though. This little blue dress it looked amazing. It was a very beautifully designed... It, was, it looked like it cost a lot of money, because you yeah. had the lovely sets,
1: didn't you? you, it, you this kind of, like, Parisian yeah, uh, so backstreet. It a like
0: proper film studio, it looked
1: like. And it was raining, wasn't it? So she yeah. had her umbrella that was raining. There was obviously a rain machine somewhere. Yes, and obviously the, the special effects where they went into black and white dancing. Um, uh, we saw the chap, although he's wearing a very billowing white blouse, and one of the, those kind of eighties trousers. So, I mean, he was a handsome chap. I so think he crossed over recently, I think. Oh, yeah. oh really? Yeah, I think, think so. I,
0: so, yeah. I think oh. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe he's now not alone with us, bless him. Well, she'll be waiting a long time if she's still waiting for him. But I'm sure she'll still be loving him. Uh Oh, that's a shame, but yes, he was a very handsome man, so I can understand why she was kind of a, a bit put out that he hadn't turned up. The video was directed by Chris um, Langman, who basically did all her videos before, so Locomotion, I Should Be So Lucky, um, Got To Be Certain, and he basically directed The Henderson Kids. Well, oh, right, I I see. Basically, she was with him for all that time. After
1: all the videos she did, aside from, um, well, actually, maybe the, from Got To Be Certain onwards, I think the videos looked quite... Beautiful. They were they always look like they had a bit of money spent on them. I should be so lucky not so much. And
0: I, I think the locomotion was a good video. Oh, no, no, no. You, did you watch the Australian version I don't of, know, where there's I product am. placement, there's like impulse cans and stuff <laughs> that have been edited out for the UK release, and mm. there's more of her in the studio. Oh well, it just looked like it put together in five minutes. But the I, I found the other videos, I mean, it uh, got to be certain, you know, absolutely
1: locations in Australia. It was like a tourist board <laughs> advert. It was actually amazing. Yeah, it was a Melbourne tourist yeah. advert. I hey, mean it's right. for the outfits, I mean, she was obviously obviously pushing herself into high fashion. It looked like the opening title to Return to Eden there were bits <laughs> where she was walking along with that red hat was it a red hat? yeah oh yeah so yeah the videos were they were quite high, uh, you know good production values and the should of Step Up choir, followed, followed in that in that kind of tradition um, and yeah it was actually quite a tender song I wasn't a massive fan but I do remember staying up one night ITV had just launched its Through the Night uh, 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 programming and there was a program called Video View, and they'd have celebrities come on on, on sit on a couch and they would be asked to watch videos. And if they didn't like the videos, they they bang the buzzer and stop the video halfway through. And um, I knew that they were doing just pop or choir because it had been released that week, and I was watching and thinking, "Oh, I can't wait to find out what they think about it." Um, and obviously, even if I didn't like the song, I thought, "Well, I'm, kind, I'm a Kylie fan, so I've got to stand by her and hope that they like it." I can't remember who one of the people uh, was, but the the other one, one of the the reviewers was the lead singer of Hugh and Cry, who had one hit back in the eighties with Scottish band. They still they're still around now. And no uh, sooner had they got to the chorus and Hugh and Craig got out of his chair and he banged that buzzer and I was furious and I thought I'll never ever listen to any of your records again and I, and I never have,
0: never have. Never again. <laughs> So if you see him in the street you would be like Cause you sp- just pressed that buzzer during, our, during the bubble quiet. Well I guess
1: he's been so busy for the past uh, what, 30 years looking at all the hits she's had and wondering where all the hits, his
0: hits were. <laughs> Can we please talk about Made in Heaven? Okay, well. Oh Delicious Made in Heaven oh. Delightful It's Seriously I have no idea why that was not on the album it was, on the Kylie, it was on the Kylie collection, the Australian edition, which I had. Uh, but it was the Made in something mix. It was the uh, made, made in England mix. It right? was the Made in England mix. That's not MAID as well. Let me have a look at it. Yes, Made in Australia mix, not the Made in England. Oh, made ah, in Australia. Oh, um, Who would have thought, just holding me? it in my hands now. You see, I remember being in the UK
1: and seeing on um, in, in magazines. Yeah, because there's no internet. So, but, uh, yeah, I must have seen it in magazines. Um, these other versions of... Uh, Kylie's album and the Kylie Collection. That was a slightly expanded version of it. Well, yeah, like, it's a whole yeah. album, but just with remixes. Of oh, right. song after. yeah. And on the cover, she's wearing this kind of like cream, beigey smock, and she's again there's a hat on the cover. She's not wearing it this time. She's holding it in her hand as if she's. Oh my God, Pete Woodman must have been devastated. He must have. He must have been a milliner in a, in a past life. He might be like Quentin Tarantino, who loves feet. He might like hats. Oh, possibly, yes. By anyway, the there's a lovely straw hat on the cover of this mm. one. But yes, I always thought she was a bit like a clown, but I always got so excited because in those days, well, I was a child, so I didn't have much money, and I didn't know how to order overseas to get things sent to you. And so, um, yeah, I always looked at this album, which I'm now holding in my hands, and I've got a tear in my eyes. <laughs> I'm holding in my hands, and I'm just thinking, wow, I wish I'd, I had this all that, all that time. It's so weird looking at cassettes now because...
0: Looking at the cassette in my hand, it's Quite so small. It's, small, it's, small it's tiny. tiny. It's like Big Max. Like Big Macs has shrunk. But I'm pretty sure Big Macs has trunk. No, Big Macs, like the burgers. Oh right, yes. It's so yeah. like you know, when you were a kid holding Big Mac they look like massive, but now they're tiny. Yeah. I mean Ooh. these are the kind of cassettes that make your penis look big. But <laughs> well, that's
1: by the bye like, uh, yes. Yeah. So yeah, um so yeah, Made in Heaven was an amazing song. It was on the B side and Yes. Uh, I remember listening but I remember because I because I didn't like jean or quat, I'd flip it over and I just thought, Oh it's a new song, I can't wait to hear it. And then when I heard that that, I thought oh my lord this is absolutely crazy I never just dancing around my room and doing dance routines to it And I got so excited when I
0: heard it It was the best song I'd ever heard I, I read somewhere because I always thought it was uh, Double A-side but apparently According to a book that I read Contrary to the legend the single was never Officially listed as a Double A-side in Britain uh, The plan was to flip the record over In the weeks after the release To prolong the commercial release of Je ne sais pas pourquoi mm-hmm. What a clever idea Because I would have been
1: mm-hmm. bored with Je ne sais pas
0: pourquoi Very quickly yeah, I mean, did you see the video of it?
1: <laughs> well, the videos. Well, I was. It was on Hit Factory Three, I believe. No, um, on the vi- on the videos collection because that's where I saw it for the first time, and it's just oh, done on the cheap.
0: Um, oh my god! And there's like she was talking, like John Paul Gaultier, cheap. But, yeah, from- but before Madonna. Really? That came before Madonna. Cause the, oh oh the, my God, yes, this was 88. Yeah, so, 89.
1: 80, I, well, in the no, 88, 88. 88. Yeah. So she had this kind of, well, I'm sure most fans out there know the video, but she was wearing this kind of dress that looked a little bit oversized because it she didn't really fit out the... Bustier area, but that bustier looked a little bit like a Madonna outfit. But I think it was before Madonna's time. Before she,
0: do you think she... got the idea from Colin Lake, maybe? maybe,
1: and yeah, that could be. See, exclusive. All that stuff that they say that Kylie copies Madonna. It's Madonna who copies Kylie. That old husband <gasps> Those claw-like <gasps> fingers. That is, though, no, yeah, don't, because they could be people who cut us down. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Uh but yeah, but the thing, uh, the other thing about the video is she's doing this kind of like to camera dance uh, dance, uh, and she's. Surrounded in a ruddy bright glow. So she's got this kind of weird blue... Look Zanadu. Zanadu. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she looks a little bit like Xanadu. Olivia well, um, John was her idol. The whole oh, Grease,
0: she loved Grease growing up, I wonder so if she so was so
1: involved sweet. in coming up with the idea for the video. Look, folks, I want to end up having a video like Xanadu. Did <laughs> <laughs> you ask that question? Most likely, Just yes. saying there were no roller skates. But, um, <laughs> but it was clearly on th- uh, green screen, because in the background there was a very kind of messy montage of some of her previous videos. So, um, but for fans who love the song, and it was one of the only opportunities you really got to see her sing it. So it was quite joyous to see the video. I love, I loved it. I remember getting my, my Hit Factory 3 um, uh, video, VHS, and then just rewinding it again and again, because that was the song I loved the most. Yeah. Not
0: and that. obviously in, in Australia, did you have the Kylie Collection VHS over here as well? Um, or did you have Kylie The Videos? Kylie The Videos, and we had, them, we had the Hit Factory videos. Yeah, on Kylie The Videos, did they have the Made in Heaven video on there? Oh, God, I can't remember. Because um, in Australia, we had the Made in Heaven video that was mixed in with bloopers from her shooting the oh, thank you. The Kylie videos. Um, I haven't li- watched those VHSs in a while, so I need to double-check, but I've got both. Here, so <laughs> Maybe another, I'll have another bottle of red wine. We'll crack out the VHSs. So.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. But there was a time that Kylie did perform it live. Well, she I, did.
0: I say live, she was mining, of
1: course. But she uh, she appeared at the Royal Variety performance. Um, Would well, you say, of course, she doesn't do it anymore, though. No, I kind of missed the days when she just literally lip-synced. Was, Why? She lip-synced for her life, she lip-synced for her career, and I loved every single no, bit of it. No. I'm not a big fan of people who sing live. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, well, no, I don't. So, yeah, she performed at the Royal Variety performance in front of the Queen Mother, um, um, and she started off uh, singing I Should Be So Lucky, and then then she kind of then started to sing "Made in Heaven," and I, it had been mentioned in the press beforehand. So I remember being very excited, seeing there, thinking, "Oh, she's going to sing that new song for the first time!" And I got so excited. I remember recording it on VHS, and then watching her do it. And she dances around; there's four dancers behind her, and it's, oh, yeah, you know, she's she's got a great dance routine for it. She's running up and down the stage, and it was one of the, the most beautiful moments of my entire life <laughs> at that point in time. And uh, so, and I, I just ended up watching it again and again because the song for me was so good. I couldn't stop listening to it. That really was a... It really did make me...
0: It was a Smiley Kylie song. It was a Smiley Kylie one. Uh, that's a Smiley to me. Uh, so the next one we're going to go on to is probably a kind of a no-no for me, oh. and it is It's No Secret. Ah, because you told everybody. <laughs> um, this was supposed to be the original last single. It was the originally last planned last single from the album, but scrapped for especially for you. But, like, for you collectors out there, whoever has the Mushroom edition of um, It's No Secret, hold on to that, because it's worth a fortune. Have you ever gone on eBay and tried to find that thing? It's absolute fortune. Um, So, yeah, it's it's really, really not my favourite song. The video is great because it's filmed in North Queensland, where I'm from in Australia. It's filmed in Port Douglas. Um, So watching that video does make me a little bit homesick. Um, But, yeah, not, not the greatest song. When I listened to the album for the first time, I actually really liked "It's
1: It's No Secret." I thought it was a great song. It had the, it had a really kind of I don't know, a really good sing-along melody, and I kind of really enjoyed it. But again, as time went on, it kind of, it it, it didn't, it, it, the memories didn't linger, and I, it wasn't a song that I look back on with love. Although you're waving something in my face right now,
0: so I've got in <laughs> my hand the American twelve-inch oh, I... of "It's No Secret." Uh, with the Maid in Heaven and the Maid in England mix, so there's two on there as the B-side. However, one thing I want to point out to you, on the back, and we can put a photo on this on our Instagram channel mm. so you can have a look, um, she's wearing the watch belt. Oh, well, this is from... Remind me where this is from. <laughs> 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 my memory's going <laughs> blank.
1: It's the one <laughs> wine. It's <laughs> on <onto> my hand. <laughs> I'm losing my tiny <laughs> mind. Tell what's what? it? Wasn't that? That
0: was from. <laughs> I have no idea, I Where else did she wear the. They basically repurposed these images, because that was from. The no, Jeunesse no, oh, that's what you get. sais pas There you go. This is basically that That same record. Yeah, sleep.
1: hold on. Oh, they're so cheap. But, but this is the America release, and then on the right hand side on the back. Yes, There's. Jeunesse de for that. I knew it. Yes. I didn't recognise it without the Pizza so, Real font.
0: So but ba- yeah, right. they basically repurposed Jeunesse de Artwork for the American release of uh, "It's No Secret."
1: Actually, let's just go back to just for one second. The out, the single cover or the the artwork is actually very beautiful. She actually looks really beautiful in that picture. Yes, and I forgot that because she's got really nice, not tight curls, but this lovely tousled kind of long hair, and she actually looks beautiful. And I, I didn't really appreciate it at the time, but she looks absolutely amazing. Oh.
0: There you go, oh, lovely Kylie. Kind of. Oh, you are V12, we know this. And, uh, and I'm going back to the video as well, because, oh, yeah. again, that was directed by Chris, who did everything up to that time as well. But have you seen it recently? So they actually play the locomotion in the video, which is the bartender, mm. which I thought was really quite sort of West Craven-esque, New Nightmare, before it even happened kind of thing. Yeah, so she's not very happy in the video, so maybe she was listening to that awful locomotion that I can't bear.
1: So, uh, <laughs> yes, but I, the one thing I remember from that video, there's a scene, and as I said, I'm a man who... Is of a certain nature, but I remember watching the video, there's a scene where she uh, she kind of walks toward this kind of lovely big building in the sunshine and she's wearing a kind of a grey dress that seems so tight-fitting, that kind of really grips her bottom, and I have to admit, I was always quite mesmerised by that, so it's amazing that now that I'm a fully-fledged homosexuale that I was actually quite tickled by her uh, her she's rump. Did you get some starings down there? I'm not sure if it was a staring, but it was certainly my eyes
0: were, was definitely pe- uh, peeled when I was looking at them. <laughs> Alright, now moving down, uh, we spoke about Got To Be Certain before because that's track 5 on the album. Yes. So oh, but actually what we didn't say about Got To Be Certain and this is the thing that we discovered many years later and I was a bit disappointed
1: by this because I assumed that the Kylie album had been pieced together uh, mainly for Kylie. I thought uh, soccer Water would oh, have sat yes. down and uh, thought well I've got, a, I've got a good artist here, I'm going to write songs that are absolutely amazing for Kylie just like I Should Be Sluggy had been but years later, what uh, once upon a time Mike Stock actually denied this but there was a rumour that Mandy Smith had actually recorded, got to be certain, and he denied this in an interview said said that, that, that's not true but then when the Stock Aegean Waterman Gold album came out, they had the version on it. It's not a great, it's the same backing track, but her vocals unsurprisingly are particularly good and the, and the rhythm of the chorus is slightly different and it's quite awkward. Kylie's version is a lot, a lot more kind of uh, free-flowing while Mandy's is a little bit more staccato but um I was disappointed to discover that it hadn't been originally written for Kylie, Mm. but but in my head it's always going to be Kylie's song and it's actually quite nice to hear some of the answers vocal on, on that so if you get a
0: chance you should always listen to Mandy Smith's version it's quite interesting to listen to which also brings me into uh what's your choice on ha- to, uh, what's your thoughts on Hazel Dean's Turn Into Love which is the next song we going to be talking about Hazel Dean yes well all I can think of right now is lesbian <laughs> <laughs> but by generally I, back in the day I never
1: knew I just thought she <laughs> had a short haircut because it was easy to manage <laughs> so, like, uh, I love, no, so so Turn Into Love but now we need to this okay, is okay, it. Back, but let's get back to Oh, right, yeah. Smiley, Kylie, oh, or Mino-No-No? So, yeah. Mino- no, no, no. For, oh, for me, uh, uh,
0: got to be certain, there's definitely a, a uh, Kylie Smiley. Smiley. Um, yeah, I think me. got to be certain, Kylie Smiley, it's no secret for me, is a Mino-No. No, no, Kylie Smiley.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know you anymore. Yeah. Okay, turn into love. Now, this is a Kylie Smiley, because when I heard this for the first time, I actually burst into tears.
0: I'm basically holding him back from the microphone. Because so
1: excited! <laughs> when I heard that, that xylophone instru- intro- introduction of the song... I just cannot. Oh, I, I just, it sounded heavenly because it's just beautiful, and I love the chords. And it sounded so so melancholy and perky at the same time. And and then the the, the verses were just kind of heartbreaking, and the melody is so miserable. But still, at the same time, it's high energy, and it's poppy, and and then we get
0: to that chorus. It's just oh, it's anthemic. So why? What? Like why the japanese market not the uk and australia yeah so i like, was it was, was kylie saturation that's of? like we can't release another uh, single from this album because the public will be sick of her
1: well i don't know you see this is the thing so uh, when i heard the album i thought this is definitely a single because it was the best for me it was the best song on the album it was the one that really stood out that, that was i remember flipping over my cassette tape and then playing the yeah. first song thinking oh, i was just going to fall in the same the same uh, groove and I heard this kind of, like, three and a half minutes of magic. I thought, my God, this song is unlike anything I've ever heard before. I thought, this has to be a single. So when it wasn't one, I thought, oh, how stupid, how ridiculous is this? It reminds me of the Disco Needs You fiasco when they didn't release that. But, um, yeah, so then... It was released in, in Japan and um, where it became a number one for eleven weeks. Yeah, it week. yeah, was massive, it's huge. But she goes to show it really had made an impact, although I think
0: maybe the Japanese market is slightly different to over
1: here. But was this before the
0: um, Disco and Dreams tour or was it around the same time? Is that the uh and the Go video? Mm. That's how I know it. Um yeah. Oh
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's probably They it probably well, coincided the did. She never, she never performed there. that on the show, did she? Or maybe mm, she did she the, didn't, just didn't use it. Yeah. Because we never know what gets cut out of these things. But um but yeah, it was, I, I remember being so angry and oh, I was furious because I just thought, how can those lucky Japanese people get to enjoy all this delicious uh, uh, version? because there was an extended mix and everything over there? Yeah,
0: and apparently like, still one of the most sought-after collectibles as well that I'm
1: turning to the... I remember uh, I interviewed Pete Waterman one time and he was saying to me that... that uh, Mike Stock has uh, said that it's one of the, his favourite songs he's ever written. But Pete Waterman said it's one of his favourites and he went to Japan... Uh, years and years ago uh, with some businessmen and they went to a karaoke night and uh, the karaoke yeah, that the Japanese businessmen, they they, they they selected Turn It Into Love not realising that Pete Waterman was involved in the writing of it. And the song had become so big over there that okay, other, other other groups covered it. There's a group called Wink who covered it. There's another couple of singers who covered it. So there's lots of versions of um, Turn It Into Love at, from, from the time that we out there. So tell us
0: about same difference, and your association with the song. Well, uh, should we talk about <laughs> Hazel Dean? <before> we, <laughs> let's talk about some bad things before we get to the good <laughs> things,
1: because Hazel Dean got her sticky lesbian paws on it, and S- she said, Christine Waterman." She's
0: probably going to listen to this. No, I love you. I love Hazel Dean. Really, I'm just furious because she didn't do but, the song justice. Did you think she would have had a choice or a say? They
1: would have what? told her to do anything. There From what I've been reading, she had uh, uh, Kylie's version being mixed. And said, Pete, I, I would love to uh, cover that song. I'd love to release it. So he thought it was a good idea to do that, bearing in mind that it was being released only in Australia, in Japan, mm. for Kylie. So in order to uh, make it slightly different, and make it, you know, a little bit butcher for, for Hazel, uh, they give it a, a bit more of a kind of a rocky high energy rocky sound it didn't it sounded nothing like the Kylie version nothing in nothing in the it sounded nothing Nothing like it and so she released it but it didn't do all that well and no. it wasn't particularly a great version but the video is quite funny because she she uh, goes into this kind of video jukebox in an alleyway, strangely, I don't know, uh, there's women walking around, and she starts putting herself into these videos, and it's one of the worst,
0: one of the cheapest videos I've ever seen in my entire life, but then it's one of those you need to watch, because it's so awful. Well, Hazel, I thank you for Who's Living here because that is a banger of a tune. Oh, she, Hazel's had some great hits, but... Is she
1: proud of... T- oh, no, because now she's she said recently that it's the one she, she least likes to perform. Does she still perform? Does she? She still performs, please. A gay prize wouldn't be gay prize without hazel dean or Nikki french <laughs> okay we're going to move on to the next track oh, no, <laughs> no, hold, I don't, i'm sorry i'm oh, sorry there's we, more to I'm talk a, about i'm just going to get comfortable here so so years later the mighty same difference appeared on uh, oh, the yeah. x factor and they they were a lovely pop band um they had uh <laughs> stuff, wasn't it? no no, uh, no no it was who, who was, after, was it it was, it was Simon, Simon Cowell's band. So he was the one who was rooting for them. And they they sang lots of perky pop songs. They were kind of like a, a modern day... Oh, I don't know. The brother and sister. Yeah, the are. brother and sister. So they were like modern day carpenters, but they sang high energy. They didn't sing ballads. And... Um, so anyway, came once they they came third, I think, in the end. So they actually did quite well in the competition. And Simon Cowell decided that he wanted to release an album. So the album was a mishmash of uh, step-sounding songs and some great, great, great pop songs, and a couple of covers. But one of the, um, one of the covers was going to be Turn It into love. And uh, I, used to, in one of my previous careers, I used to be. Uh, I used to work on a magazine, and we were doing a photo shoot with uh, Same Difference. This one delightful time, obviously a shoot that I'd set up myself, and we took them to a sweet shop. And during the break in the in the shoot, they were saying to me, "Oh, yeah, we've, got, we've just recorded this version of Kylie uh, Kylie's Turn It To Love, but we're not sure whether we should put it on the album or not." <laughs> and I said, "Are you crazy? Of course, you put it on the album. It's one of the greatest songs I've ever ever heard." <laughs> Um, and obviously she released it as a single. It'd be absolutely joyous uh, as a single because it's such a good song and Kylie never released it. And then you have that great story about we're releasing the song that Kylie fans have been denied for so many years. And so the next thing I know, it is on the album. And then I heard that it was um, going to be, it was mooted to be the second single. But sadly, I don't think the album did all that well. So a second single never emerged. And But the, album's, the album version is actually very good. It's not... Not as good as Kylie's, but it's got a lot more energy and exuberance mm, The vocals are amazing A lot more exuberance than Hazel Dean's if you, if you had
0: to put them in a chart of three It would be Kylie, Same Difference and I mean, maybe Hazel. if Same Difference would have released That song in, in Japan With all the nostalgia and all that They would have had more international success Possibly, and I, I do remember We had a Christmas party at the magazine I worked at and I kind of organized
1: a Christmas party, and I um, booked old the uh, same difference in to perform for us. And by Jiminy, didn't they sing, turn it into love, and, and they dedicated uh, it to me. And I wept like a baby, That's honestly. GTA. It was one of the loveliest moments of my entire life. You're amazing. So I really do love that. Oh, where are they thank you, Thank you for the con- contribution. To society. Oh, well, thank I'd you. like to spread some Kylie joy by making people record Kylie
0: songs. <laughs> if she doesn't release them, then we have to get other people to do it for us. So, we're saying Stephanie and Kylie Smiley, right? Oh, Kylie yeah, Smiley. Carly Super, Smiley Ky- Super well. Kylie Smiley. We're moving on to the next track, which is I Miss You. Ah. Right. Mm. So <laughs> for me, this is a
1: little bit of a, a Kylie Minono because it's a little too funky for me. And when I when, when this followed, I turned it into love on the album. I thought, hmm,
0: uh, the, mem- the momentum's suddenly stopped. For me, it's definitely an album track. It's one of those ones that would just, you know, you listen to, you're like, okay, that was alright, and then you move on to the next kind of banger kind of thing. It's yeah, it didn't really stand out as a, a great pop song. It's a, it's a pop song. It's it's okay, but it's not a great. Pop no, song. it's a. You're right. It's a
1: very good album filler. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, having said that, in retrospect, thirty years down the line, the song is actually. It's it because I never listened to it that often at the time. It actually has a bit of freshness to it now, and I kind of almost like it more than I did then. Um, I wouldn't choose to listen to it, but when it comes on, I actually get a bit of a flush of excitement because I think, oh, God, that reminds me of 1988. It reminds me of that album, and it is kind of... um, It is quite nostalgic, but it's not one that I would put on a party playlist. It's probably
0: interesting to see if she does uh, Abbey Rhodes Volume 2, Revisiting "I Miss You" as a slow kind of more low tempo version of that song might be a little bit kind of a little bit different, a little
1: bit cool. Actually, you, you say that you're right because I think that song would lend itself very well to a slow down version. Yeah,
0: kind of a more kind of a layback bluesy kind of thing. I think it might might work well. Mm. Uh, but it's uh, Minono for me. Yeah, it's Manono. F-
1: yeah, Manono for me as well. I'll still be loving you. Now you see, I love this one. This. Oh yes. It surprised me. It was the only real ballad on the album. And it had a bit of a tinny backing track, but for me, it sounded like a kind of a Whitney Houston epic. Hmm. Um, And it had that really kind of like, really. uh, I love the bass sound. There was a kind of weird scrunchy sound, wasn't it? Yeah. Boom. I can't, I can't, I'm not a singer. You can
0: sing, but I, I, I think she she should have released this instead of just a bubble quote. this should have been the song to release if she was going to do that kind of slowish kind of balladish song. This, this would have been the one. This would have been a lovely Christmas
1: song. I can imagine if you throw in a few Christmas bells, it could have been actually a really pretty ballad. The oh, was that Jason Donovan Christmas version? What was that? What oh, was that uh, when you come back to me, where he. Uh, the,
0: Great. great but okay yeah that's another that's, that's for a, another series <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no that's so I would say this would be a smiley kind oh it's definitely a smiley kind and I, I I think she's performed at somewhere, hasn't she she's performed, she performed did you know, at the movie. anti-tour
1: she must have done it at the anti-tour I was a bit drunk so I don't remember really no I can't remember well. either but I hmm I, 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 but, but it is one of her greatest songs I'd love to hear her do it doing now I'd love to hear it with a real orchestra because uh, I think it's as good as the song she did with Keith Washington years later. Mm. I think it's as good. I'd love to hear it with a massive orchestra, but it, it give it a much
0: more overblown production. I think it would be yeah. absolutely a beautiful, beautiful song. The next song is the second last song on the album, is Look My Way. Mm. I wouldn't give anything to give it to you.
1: We see, again, this is another kind of Kylie kind of Minogue for me, because the, the B-side seems to have this kind of American funk sound. I think I'm I'm probably overplaying that term there. But for me, I wanted to hear kind of poppy high energy, got to be certain, I should be so lucky. And the B-side of the album and the cassette was very much, um, it sounded very American to me, and I wasn't a big fan of that kind of American sound. So, look my way, it wasn't really my cup of tea. Mm, Is that how it goes? Yeah, it is, yeah. I can't
0: tell my vocals. Look my way, I would give anything I have to you. Look my way, show me what you want me to do want I me think, to sorry uh, show me what you want me to well sure <laughs> the thing is with her I, ironically though as much as I didn't like the music I think her voice sounded quite good it. yeah she no look again I through think, this whole album her voice sounds great like I said before <laughs> layering your vocals to sound as one cohesive unit back in those days kudos love um, it's amazing kudos mm. and she does sound incredible absolutely incredible not as good as you did on the Locomotion Australian single, though. Oh, i <laughs> not doing ridiculous. That song's not going to happen. It will happen. I'm trying to make Locomotion I happen, because. Obviously, able. it did happen, but it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Not over here. Not, not, not in a uh, year or in uh, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so th- I'm going to probably say this is a Monono for me. Oh, really? That's good. That's two Mononos for Look My Way. And, okay, the last track on the album. <laughs> Love at First Sight. Mm. Christian, um, this so, is a banger. What um, are you so talking about? Again, oh, I don't know you anymore. Well, I don't know. slightly, I, 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 I'm sitting on a fence with this one because... Oh, my God, do you know what I love for her to do? Ooh. The mashup of it. this song and Love at First Sight from Fever.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how that would sound. Amazing. It, I think it would sound like a terrible car crash. <laughs> um, I, it's a very perky song. And you know what? It's one of those that I didn't like at the time because, again, I thought it was another kind of... It, I don't know, it just didn't... Tick the boxes I wanted it to tick, so um, I wasn't a massive fan. But then looking back at it now, with with nostalgic ears, it is actually quite a joyous song, it is probably better than I remember it being. So I do have a soft spot for it. It's not my favourite, but it's um, I, I, I won't give it a no-no, I'll say that it, it's kind of smiley, but a, a kind of a very a, a gentle smile.
0: Um, so every now and then the Eagle here in London have these uh, nights where kind of they do Kylie Minogue versus Madonna or they do anniversaries of Kylie albums and we go along and listening to this song on a dance floor with screaming people all around singing the the lyrics back it was a revelation listening to it loud in an environment in a club situation made me love this song even more than I did when I was listening to it as an eight year old with the cassette tape on my chest well, that's true, because I think when you
1: hear something in a... In a if you hear a song in a place where you, it should be heard, in a very loud venue, then you actually hear the song in a completely different way than you would in earphones. And, yeah, you're right. When we've been to the Eagle and we've been surrounded by all those men in their 40s and 50s screaming at the top of their voices... Um, and those, like, smoke machine jets going off. like yeah. yeah, with all their beards and mustaches and, yeah. bellies. My own, too. Um, they, uh, yeah, you... you that's the song song sounds so much better so yeah when they when they played that in the past I have enjoyed it so i yeah I did like it at the time but I think over time it's kind of become a song that I didn't really appreciate and I think' it's, I think that's the best thing, the good thing about albums at the time your musical tastes are very uh, they're, they're, they're defined in a certain way at a mm. certain time so I was looking for a certain thing at that point over the years I've my musical tastes have changed slightly i I've, I've my mind has been open to different styles and I think now looking back some of the, so- the songs I didn't like are actually much better than I thought they were so now yeah. I can appreciate some of the songs like It's No Secret I kind of went off there very quickly but looking back it's actually probably quite a brilliant song
0: mm, I'm looking forward but to I the it the mm. I, I, sorry, I didn't enjoy it at the same
1: time sorry I didn't enjoy it at the time but it's actually probably a very very good song and
0: underappreciated should we talk about especially for you now or should we wait to the Enjoy Yourself because it's included on the, the US version of Enjoy Yourself so maybe we should wait for it oh no time. no let's do it now because it comes before Hand On Your Heart it does. Okay, so well, we all know. So I'm <coughs> going to be a Kylie smiley for um, Love at First Sight. Kylie smiley. Yeah. I'm going to Kylie smiley that yep. too because Correct. I think it's, good a good song. Song. it's a good song. It's a good song. It's a good song. Okay, so especially for you. So its B track was all I want to do is make you mine, but we'll get onto that mm. after. So this song wasn't on the Kylie album. It comes as mm-hmm. as Kieran said. It, it actually didn't appear on any UK Kylie album. It only appeared on, on... Jason Donovan's Greatest Hits.
1: Yeah, it was on... Oh, no, it was on Jason Donovan's... Take a Reason. Yes. So it, only appeared on, it didn't appear on any of Kylie's until Greatest Hits came out. So if you wanted to get it, you had to buy the single, which was probably quite clever of them because it was something fresh and it wasn't available anywhere. So um, apparently the song came about because... Woolworths who were a big shopping retail chain. Were like, a big shopping. Yeah, they're everywhere, they were everywhere. Yeah, they were everywhere. So I, I always
0: thought they were very UK. In Australia there's Woolworths still, but it's more of a grocer than because yeah. you know, this was more entertainment
1: Yeah, it was yeah, but it was a bit of a, but that's where you'd buy your records, you would you buy all your 12-inches and albums at Woolworths. So I used to love it was a ritual going in there and just getting off getting my 12-inch Kylie uh, uh single. Um, they got in touch with PwL and said, "Oh, um, if we made an order, uh, we want to make an order of 250,000 copies of a song with Kylie and Jason." And this is, I think, Kylie and Jason got married over here in the UK by this point because we were 18 months behind. Scott I and mean. Charlie, yeah, sorry, I've lost track of my what's real and what's not. So yeah, Scott and Shirley had just got married in in Neighbours uh, because we were behind. In, uh, from uh, 18 months behind Australia in, in the screenings of the show, and so their their relationship was at its peak. So Wilbur's had the clever idea to to uh, to suggest that it would be great a, a great idea to have a, a single with the two of them performing. And I think Kylie and Jason were both well. Kylie was reluctant to do it. I'm not sure if Jason was because he was just kicking off his career with. Um, uh, you, uh, no, um, nothing because, a yes, yes. Not yeah. a oh, a joyous song oh lovely mm. um, yeah, Kylie said that she thought it might be a little bit tacky and she said for a while that it was quite taboo talking about uh, doing it so she didn't really want to do it and even when it came out she said it isn't something that she wanted to do but um, Pete Waterman also at first thought it wasn't a great idea he thought it might be a bit tacky which is strange for Pete Waterman bearing in mind the Runnels girls <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> And any of those Pat and Mick records would be other Jack. <laughs> oh, and let's not get started on how the other ones he did. That's some of the, that was some terrible. Stuff. Anyway, that's by the way. Um, but yeah, but eventually the the pressure of Woolworths uh, saying that they would order so many copies and the ke-ching in his ears, uh, he decided to do it. And so uh, I think that uh, Mike and Mike and Matt really went over to Australia, Australia yeah, to, really to record Australia. the song yeah. with them.
0: Yeah. And basically in 36 hours, I had the song. Have you listened to the original mix of yes, really Special View'? Horrendous! It's very... Pl- it, 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 it feels like it's... my oh God, it's so flat. Mm. And so thankfully, they went back in the studio and remixed it after hearing it, and then what they have is what... Um, what, what they received is what we, we listen to now. Great song. I remember there was some, like, person in Days of Our Lives that, or some soap. soap in America that did a duets album and recorded this song. It's a great, great pop song. Well, I remember hearing it for the first time, and I heard the
1: opening... And I thought, this is very unusual, Stock out here, because yeah. I thought, well, this isn't... And, and then all of a sudden, it just kicked into the song, and and then it was just this absolutely amazing uh, melody and this great vocal from Kylie. And then Jason and I mean, in fairness to Jason, he may not be as an accomplished singer at that point uh, than as Kylie back back then, but their voices melded to work, melded together so well that it actually sounded really. Really good to listen to, and the chorus is just so anthemic. And it's kind of almost filmic in a way, isn't it? You can yeah. imagine at the end of Grease Three or something because it's that kind of yeah. uh, end, end of um, hands raised,
0: end, end of film kind of uh, together song. And it's absolutely amazing, and the video is brilliant. So this was kind of manufactured to be a Christmas number one, cool. right? But it did actually get to number one. It got to number two for Christmas, but then went to number one the new. So this
1: was Kylie's fifth number two in a row, I think, because mm. she had, oh she had number one with I Should Be Lucky, then it was two, two, two for the other song. So. I think she was breaking records at this point, I think she was one of the most, uh, she was uh, having so many consecutive number twos, that was kind of put in the record book sadly I think, um, but yeah so the song got, uh, entered number two, uh, but um, Cliff Richard's Mistletoe and Wine was number one, and that was. A, but that was a massive song at the time, and so it didn't quite make the Christmas number one, but the, but it was still you know it's still been a lot to us people still playing it now I mean it's yeah but both songs but but, but then it, it got to number one in the in the first week of the new year because uh, Cliff Richards Mistletoe Wine was completely out of date by, by January the 1st so especially if you made it to number one for the next two weeks I believe and it went number one in Hong Kong Ireland Belgium and France and the video was good because I mean obviously it was short shot in Australia but there were elements in it that I love because I like the fact they kept missing each other and then, but one of my favourite is when they sitting on each other's laps and they actually just look like a real couple yeah. of course at the time they weren't alluding to the fact that they actually were a real couple they were saying that they were just uh, co-stars that they weren't really together but as it emerged years later they were both together at the time and they just looked so lovely together when they were just laughing and they rocking in the seat Oh my eyes. Yeah, no, I would
0: say that is a Carly smiley for me. Oh it's a super carly smiley. And we have to talk about the B side because the B side is even more sensational.
1: The B side is I said Grease three minutes ago, but the B side sounds like a Grease song. So it's got that kind of like 50s. Do you
0: know what I love about the B-side? Is that mute that the backing is so cheap and cheerful. I kinda want that as my phone ringtone, because seriously, it is incredible. Absolutely amazing!
1: So sort of like, sort of unlike anything I'd heard before, it's very different to Stock and Waterman. And I remember hearing it for do the first. Do you very different Stock and Waterman? Oh, it didn't. No, it didn't have that cheap beat. So what? Uh,
0: listen to it again. I don't <laughs> this,
1: but it had that kind of fifty thing, which I, which they kind of then did explore further on along the line in other covers that they would do. But I loved that song. It was one of the most amazing songs. And I actually listened to that one more than, especially for you, for a while, because I thought it's so much more upbeat. And then there's a 12-inch version of it, because, oh, uh 12-inch version of, of
0: it, and it's just, oh, it's, just, oh, I, I, I'm speechless, but I love it. I love it, because, again, they did the whole same thing with There's Just a Bubble Quart in Made in Heaven, where they did the, especially for you, on one side of the LP, and the, the All I Want to Do Is Make You Mine on the other side, so I loved it. Well, all I all to never do noticed that, mine. because now
1: we're looking at the 12-inch uh, the uh, single sleeve and on the on the, on the the first on the main especially for you side you've got them the classics it's yeah. a classic shot of them together it, it, in the it's actually the like an orange kind of it's a beautiful couple shot on the cover she's got her hand to her head she looks beautiful Jason looks just so handsome he's his him. mullet well, no I think he had his mullet cut off by oh that. did he? yes he had it whipped off ah. and he, they both look like the most beautiful couple you've ever seen and then on the flip side you've got this kind of red white and blue kind of uh, uh, theme going on and you've got Kylie in a hat and even Jason and her hat if you please Um, and she's wearing this blue hat with little white hearts or spots little
0: little kind of spots yeah and then she's wearing this denim with a floral thing underneath the hair hair looks great as well I mean this is a great they look like they're having a lot of fun
1: Well, it looks like in this picture because she's got her mouth open and he looks like he's stuck something (laughs) up a bottle she looks like Jason what have you put up there (laughs) she looks very startled but she looks very happy it's it's, it's one of my favourite covers for any of her singles yeah, I think, and it was at this point. I think that Stockton and Waterman came into their own, and from this moment on, all the songs they started producing were were supreme. And I think th- this was the, their new. Um, as they moved into 1989, I think their music turned a
0: corner, and I think they became way m- their songwriting skills became way better. I think by 1990, that's when like obviously with you know better the Devil, you know, like we'll get to that in another couple of weeks, but. I think you know they were getting obviously improving, improving, and realizing that this massive superstar with them, mm. and and obviously wanting to take that journey together with them. I think it's you know phenomenal.
1: Mm. Yes, I, I, yeah, I I couldn't help but notice that they 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 I think Kylie had inspired them to uh, to take their music songwriting seriously. Not that they weren't taking it seriously before, but they they knew they had a proper artist to work with. They they kind of. They had Rick Astley, but um, they didn't really have a female artist who they could kind of do the same thing with. I think in Kylie, because she had such a distinctive voice that she was someone that they could really give great songs to. And I think, as we know from subsequent albums, she she was given some of the best songs that they've ever written.
0: Great. So I think, is this a... This is... um, Super, super, Kylie, smiley, smiley, Kylie. I mean, this smiley is explosions, sm- smiley, Kylie. After she came back from the dentist, had let like, everything cleaned. <laughs> it's it's incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, so, okay, should we do a little bit of a quiz? Oh, okay, let's do a quiz. Am I, am I, am I, what am I doing? So basically, you need to know, you need to tell me. Uh, what song is? What song right. is this? Okay. So you're to read me a lyric, is that right? Uh, maybe a line of a, a song oh, right. from oh, sure. the Kylie album, uh, and you will need to tell me which song this comes from. Ooh. Over and over, I'm happy to be this way. Oh, heavens.
1: Hmm. I'm never a good lyric person because I never listen to them. I just listen to the joyous melodies. The beats. Just remind me of that line again. Over and over, I'm happy to be this way. Is this... Um, uh, 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 what's it called? Oh, is it I Miss You? <laughs> yes, I Miss You. Uh, All right. It's funny how that came into my head there. I think it's because Kieran just, be, <laughs> just said it. I'm actually
0: terrible at this, so I'm going to be... Yeah, gonna when like lyrics it. are out of context, I'm very bad. But I'm going to see if you recognise this lyric. I'm, I'm, I can't even read it. My, my, God, it's very stained. It is very... It, well, it's the original 1988 cassette. Oh, gosh, should I... all Because like, I've got, like, tape there. Um, because um, back in
1: those days, there were no wet wipes. <laughs> so um, the, the lyrics... My God, I really can't read. this text is so small. Um, oh, yeah. Show me that you want my love...
0: Show me that. Wow, you
1: I would not even know that. I'm reading it. Show
0: me that you want my love. Show me that you want my love. I didn't even put the tune to that. I'm going to take a wild guess and say, is it look my way? Yes,
1: yeah, so I guess you guess that because I'm looking at the the right hand side <laughs> of this, uh, this card. So I guess.
0: I don't even know how that that, that lyric sounds. Okay, so as Chris, as we mentioned at the beginning of the, of the podcast, we are basically going to be putting together two songs from each of Kylie's albums to make the definitive, because she's already had the step back in time definitive collection, so we're going to do the diminutive collection. The definitive diminutive collection. Yeah, you. that's the um, yes. one. So we're going to choose two songs that we think are brilliant, not
1: necessarily singles, but ones that are great classics in time, that if you were to put them on an album,
0: you would have... Kylie's juiciest bits. So just to remind ourselves on the Kylie album and we're including especially for you on yes. this one. Um I Should Be So Lucky. Yes. The Loco, Motion. That's right. Jeanessa Ah. Oh. It's no secret. Oh. got to be certain. Turn into love. I miss you. I'll still be loving you. Look my way and love at first sight. And especially for you. And especially for you. And all I want to do is make you mine. Should we include Manhattan oh. in that as well?
1: Y- yes, that's, <gasps> it. that's it yeah, because they they are songs on their own right. Although we yes, that's right, yeah.
0: But we probably get hate mail if we put, like, these B-tracks. Well,
1: we're going to... Right, we'll do, like, Melody Festival in Sweden. We'll choose the two songs that we think are great, and then we'll have a runner-up that could be one of the other songs, if, if we think they're worthy enough. Okay. If not, then... Yeah, right. Who's going to complain? We don't care. We're going to do what we like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you go first. Which one is cool. it? Right, let me think. So my first... My first... My first entry into the Kylie Minogue... Definitive, definitive, diminutive definitive. <laughs> uh, album is... Well, it's not a surprise. It's turned into love because it's one
0: of the greatest songs. I think that's got to be there. Great. I'm, I'm, certain. I'm actually, for the, the second inclusion into the definitive, diminutive um, um album, I'm going to have to say, especially for you... Oh! Interesting. Yeah, I was torn between the original Australian version Ugh. of the loco no hyphen. Well, they didn't make it onto the album, so I oh, that, uh, that trash is not even Been considered. Yeah, but still, we did. We considered, uh, especially for you, right? So I think I oh, could have yeah. potentially possibly right. Well, I'll let you have that. Yeah, but, but it's not on the list. So it's fine. No, yeah, but it, it was a close
1: second, mm, especially yeah. for you. What is going to be the third? So the third is a bonus one. Actually, I think maybe we said two. I think we'll have two and we'll have a bonus one and then we're trying to make the
0: rules up now as we go right? yeah, yeah.
1: unfortunately Kylie's just too good because you know she released so many good songs oh no, no we,
0: when we get to Kiss Me Once or X there's going to be
1: oh yeah once we get to Parlophone years <laughs> post fever then we'll be uh, hard pressed to find any songs yes exactly <laughs> we won't mention body language until we get there I mean, I still can't believe
0: that album. Honestly. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll save that. Anyway, so, uh, so what are we doing? So we've, we've chosen two. We've chosen two. Turn
1: it into love, and especially for you. God, they're joyous. Uh, so the third one. So I won't choose. I can't choose anything, off the, anything else off the album. Oh, actually, before we do that, let's, uh, do, let's do the, the, the low Why should do so Let's do the two, that are, uh, uh, two, the two that we
0: least like. So we'll get rid of two. I miss you. And look my way. Look my way is definitely... Oh, no, but I had um. It's No Secret. Uh, Well,
1: right, well, you have it so secret, so that's binned, which I don't agree with. But look my way is my one. I think that's the worst one on the album. Okay, so I'm ditching those. Um, But my bonus track would be it would be made in heaven. Oh yes, I'm happy with that. So right, so the winners then are turn into love, especially for you, and then our bonus track
0: is made in heaven. Fantastic! Cool. This could be a great album. Oh, I'm already. To I mean, my going to be listening to everybody. it'll be fine. <laughs> 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 oh well. Now we need to know what
1: everyone thinks. so yes. You've been listening to us for uh, what an hour and a half, an hour right. and fifteen minutes.
0: Jeez.
1: Um, so we obviously have our own opinions, and we have our own we have our own minds. We're allowed to have opinions, so please don't send any hate mail. Yeah. Because be kind. People. Yeah, exactly. Because you never know what we might be. Uh, uh, after probably glass of wine who knows what we'll end up doing uh, but um, yes so you should let us know what, what you think so look below on the the uh, the information below you'll see where you can send us your, your comments and yeah. uh, let us know what your favourite
0: two Kylie Smiley songs are and which songs you think should be binned And next week we're going to be looking at the definitive pinnacle album, Enjoy Yourself. And I'll be digging into um, my Kylie Minogue fan club years and pulling out some old letters and stuff. And it's going to be a hoot. It's going to be a hoot. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, lovely. Thank you.